Welcome back to Girls Next Level. We are continuing season one, episode 12. I'll take Manhattan. We're back in New York. We are going on the view. Before we even get to that, though, there's like this montage of New York. Uh-huh. And it just shows all these like quick shots of like traffic and Times Square and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it just really embodies New York and it embodies our trip to New York. Yeah, they do a good job with the B-rolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it shows the limo screeching to a halt outside of our hotel, which I feel like was supposed to indicate that that was dropping us off Mm -hmm. because they didn't capture us like running through everything yeah in real life we ran in heels all the way back to the hotel and I was wondering what hotel we stayed at but then it answered my question in it because I know we've stayed at the Pierre before Mm -hmm. but this time it was the Peninsula Hotel before we get into this episode I wanted to ask you do you enjoy doing press now and did you enjoy doing it back then that is tricky for me to answer. I enjoy doing press, but they always, I always felt like I had this stress of them asking things that were inappropriate mm-hmm. or like I'm really good at like talking about what I need to talk about and getting the point across and being, and I feel like being uh, conversational about yeah. it and like having a good time with it. But there's always that stress because of who we are mm-hmm. that we're going to get asked really inappropriate questions and expected to answer and really put on the spot. I've also had people, I don't think this is what you're getting at, but I'm going to tell you this Uh part too. I've also had like radio people and stuff like that be like, oh, so you have a master's degree, huh? We're going to give you a test and like test me on like general knowledge stuff. Like give me a math question and a history question and a spelling question and see how I do. Like testing me and stuff. And it's just like, I don't like on the spot stuff like that. Well, they, okay, here, here's, what is infuriating about that if a man who happened to have a master's degree was being interviewed about anything nobody would be like oh you have a master's degree let's quiz you yeah it's only because you're a woman who's posed for playboy and is on a reality show like they wouldn't do that to anyone they wouldn't be like oh you have a degree and a qualification okay we're gonna quiz you to see if you're really smart yeah like fuck that i know Fuck that. And I'm proud to say that I aced it. Their yeah. little test that they did, but it's still it's still really, really screwed up that I had to even like do that to it's, prove. Yeah, it's like you have to prove you have a master's. Nobody else does. Right. It's stupid. But I think what we're really going with that is the sexual questions and that kind of thing that was going on that we were being asked about all the time and expected to answer. Like it was just like it's expected. I also wanted to ask you before you made the decision or while you were making the decision to start going out with Hef or to be his girlfriend or whatever, did you anticipate doing press and being the spokesperson for Hef, his lifestyle, your lifestyle together? Did you anticipate being the spokesperson for that and doing press as part of that job? Did you have any idea? I don't think I went into it thinking about that at all. No, because we didn't really do too much of that until later. Earlier on, we were more just arm candy sitting there and don't dare say a word. But it was Mm -hmm. later when the show came out and our magazine came out that we were doing more and more press so at that point then it became clear that we are the spokespeople for this yeah I never thought it would be what it was like before I decided to be a girlfriend I knew that him having girlfriends was very much 
a PR thing in a lot of ways. And I knew that you were expected to like be the arm candy and show up to events and you would be photographed together. And, you know, now that everything lives on the Internet, I know that when he had seven girlfriends before I arrived, there were a couple interviews they did and stuff. But back then, I didn't really know that. I just didn't like one of them was for like a show in the UK. When would I have ever seen that? You know, yeah. things, little things like that. I thought it was more like optics. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think I would ever be interviewed about Hef or his lifestyle. I thought if I was ever lucky enough to become a playmate or be in the magazine or maybe be playmate of the year or something like that, people might ask me some Hef related questions or I would be expected to be a spokesperson for Playboy and that would have been fine. But even making the decision to move in and fully become a girlfriend, I never in a million years thought that I would be grilled for the rest of my life on every detail about Hef's sex life. Right. Never thought that. And it's just another facet where I want to be like, fuck you to all the people who were like, you knew what you were getting into. I thought I did, but I was wrong. It's a lot. It's a lot to answer. I think it's a lot to answer for anybody. And I talk about that in here a little bit later, too, about how the expectation is so unfair on us. Yeah, and I think the really aggravating part of it is, is not just that somebody dares ask us a sex question. That alone, I don't think is the worst part. Because there will be people that argue, well, you're in a magazine about sex. What do you expect? It's the fact that when we do get those questions, I felt like you and I were always very prepared and very good at answering the question in a way that was fun and light and not explicit and not degrading, but still kind of sexy, kind of perfect for what the brand wanted to do at the time. But they wouldn't let you just do that. They would sit and grill us and ask us the most uncomfortable questions and keep drilling and just be and do it in a way that was really rude and disrespectful and had like a fuck you energy behind it. It was a lot. So it's not just that I'm so aghast that we were ever asked sex questions. It was the judging. Yeah, and and just the doggedness that they Mm -hmm. would have. They wouldn't let us, like if you guys want to take the time to like look up an interview where I think is a good example of how we answer questions. There was this um, interview, it's called the Heyman Hustle that we were on. It was when we were doing the 55th anniversary Playmate search. We were in New York and this guy, I don't know who he is, but he has a huge following online because every once in a while this interview will come up like on Twitter and so many people retweet it and engage with it. And I remember years after it happened, I clicked on the video to watch it because I'm like, I didn't even know who this guy was really when we did the interview. And he's asking us all the crazy questions. But I watched it. And after being years removed from the match, I was like, you know what? He was lucky to have us because we were doing a great job and exactly the type of job he would have wanted us to do answering those questions. But people wouldn't let it live at that. Hef they, was lucky to have us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I meant. Not, not Heyman, hustle guy. But Hef was lucky to have us because we were really good at taking those questions and answering them in a way that I felt like he would have wanted us to answer. And it was still cute and light and fun and a little bit funny and whatever. But I it, people just wouldn't let us live. <laughs> they wanted like a dirty, nasty, drag us through the mud interview. Yeah. And I'm going to get into some of the questions that people ask. But before that, I wanted to say that you say um, that the debut of our magazine is one of the coolest of any debut. And I think you're right. Like, I haven't been to a lot of other people's magazine debuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been to some. But ours just seemed 
incredible like they really pulled out all the stops for us yeah it kind of felt like we were going on tour a little bit to promote the magazine which I know playmates do but because Hef was with us and because we were being filmed for a show it was kind of on this other level yeah and then we say that we're doing tons of interviews press photos autographs signing at Virgin and we signed you guys we were at the Virgin Megastore for two hours we sold out every single magazine in the store and they even went next door and bought out all all their magazines whatever yeah. that was and brought them over and I still think we had a line and there's just mm-hmm. no magazines left over I mean Kendra says she felt like her hand was gonna fall off that we were signing so much it was crazy and this episode this will come as a surprise to no one who's been a longtime listener but this episode everything is completely out of order like you see our outfits switch back and forth yeah it was crazy busy but it was it was two days in New York and then they show this whole press montage and some of the here's some of the questions we were asked Tell us about the jealousy between you girls, Bridget, the, and they address it to me for some reason, Bridget. There, And I say, there really isn't anymore because I'm comparing it to when we had all the mean girls yeah, there. Yeah, I kind of wanted to get into that question too because when they ask, is there any jealousy? I think they mean, are you guys jealous of like the time Hef spends with you? Are you guys fighting for Hef's affection? I think that's what they mean. And I don't feel like there was any jealousy between the three of us there. Mm-mm. I feel like you and Kendra were happy enough in your positions. You didn't want like extra time with Hef or extra whatever. But I feel like the jealousy that was there when there ever was jealousy between the three of us, it was because we were treated differently and some of us were allowed to do more things than other people. And it was like, why the fuck is that fair? Right. And when I say no, and I mean it, I mean no, Mm -hmm. and I really meant it. I still mean it. I look at it, I'm like, yeah, bitch, no, there wasn't any. She goes, oh, come on. And then Hef has to come into my defense and be like, no, and they cut it off. But he's like, no, really? Yeah. And he starts to like defend it a little bit. But today, just, people just cannot believe that three women can get along. Yeah. And we were getting along. I know we talk about like little things that were, you know, weird here and there or whatever. But we, for the most part, are getting along at this point. And we have each other's backs. And especially later in this episode, we really have each other's backs. And we're going to show you mm-hmm. where and how. The next question is, what should, what would your kids think, your grown kids, they're asking Hef, if you had another baby? And Hef plays it off really well and says, um, well, you know, I think they're used to my unconventional lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think they, anybody would be too surprised. But I just feel like, wh- why does it matter what his grown kids would think like yeah it's random I don't know I just think that's a weird question too and then the next guy so this is your favorite one Holly ew how does this work ew no everybody asked that and they would always say it I picture Billy Bush saying it because yeah. he was just the pinnacle but they would be like so how does this work and this guy does it exactly point on and Jeff chimes in because he was always like had good little quips too he chimed in and said it works very well thank you yeah but it didn't put it to bed because then he follows up with well are you guys all sleeping with him of course it's asked of us not him yeah because that's the other thing too is like people treat Hef with more respect like if he says it works very well then the guy kind of backs off Hef and then asks us mm-hmm. and we're stuck in the hot seat and the women are the only ones in this situation who are going to be slut shamed and judged anyway so it's double unfair right it's going to be hef so cool yeah but you oh my sluts. god he's a pimp yeah hef is the man yeah yeah and then kendra kendra interjects and says are you sleeping with your wife which good for her like i 
I'm glad she spoke up. Yeah. That's what we're all thinking. Yeah, it is. Except for it's not the same equivalent. And of course, he's going to say, yeah, she needed to ask, like, are you sleeping with your um, mistress? What are you doing with your like making it like something more scandalous? Because, of course, somebody's going to be like, yeah, it's my wife. I'm sleeping with them. Of course. And then she says, well, what's your favorite sexual position? And he goes, I'm really quite boring. But it's like, okay for him to be like, I'm really quite boring. But we can't give like a cute little answer and on to the next question. Right. And then somebody asks Hef, are you actually in the show? As if that would be so beneath him <gasps> to do it. I didn't catch that. But I, what I did catch was they used the line I've mentioned before where he's like, ha ha, daddy doesn't want to do the work or whatever I, he says. I bring so that up. But first, cringe. first he says, I'm the wizard behind the curtain. Ew. Three Dorothy's. And then I chime in and say, and lots of Totos. Yeah. And then he said, it's through the eyes of the girls, and that takes the pressure off of daddy. Ew. Which is kind of like a cute, funny response, except the daddy part makes me gag. But it would be a cute, funny, and reasonable response if they would have paid us from the jump. And the way he words it in this show, it's like it takes the pressure off of daddy. But I had heard him say it so many times in interviews where he would be like, it's so daddy doesn't have to do the work. Mm. Which is like understandable that a guy running a magazine doesn't want to do a reality show. It's understandable that he would farm that out to us. But it's only cute if you're paying us. You know what I mean? Oh, daddy doesn't have to do the work. Let's get some free labor in here. Yeah. And then the host laughs and says, let them do all the work, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is. Also, we had this hectic, hectic schedule. And because Hef didn't eat lunch, lunch was never scheduled for us. And I was dying. We're going on no sleep. We're hypoglycemic up in this bitch. And just trying to hold it together. In the interview, I say, I know it was going to be a lot of press and publicity and a lot of fun, but it was really unbelievable. And I start to get like a little emotional there because there's two things going on here. It Mm -hmm. really was unbelievable. It was unbelievable at how much press was generated for us. Uh And I know that some of that was the show and some of it was the magazine and some of that was Hef was traveling and was in New York and some of it was Playboy putting it out there. But it really felt like a very huge, overwhelming like response. And in yeah. one hand, I was very flattered by that and and overwhelmed in a good way, like bring brought to tears over it. And in, in another way, I was like felt overpressed mm-hmm. and over asked questions and overstimulated and a lot of adrenaline. Like you said, hungry yeah. and tired. And it just seemed like a lot. But I'm definitely emotional when I'm talking about it here. Yeah, there was a lot going on. And when we were at the Virgin signing, was that the first time we saw the merch or had we already done the shoot where we modeled the merch? We had already done the shoot where we modeled the merch because I have it in my scrapbook as like just before we left, it looks like. I feel like there was some stuff we maybe saw for the first time there, like maybe the mugs or something. Yeah, there were things that we hadn't seen because we were sent only a few things of the Mm -hmm. merch to to actually model and and do the ads for but yeah there was definitely all kinds of new stuff and I know we went to the Playboy Studios too the Playboy offices there Mm -hmm. and they had all that like merchandise that wasn't out yet that was just all samples and we got to like go through all of that and like take whatever we wanted home was that the year no I think it was the trip before when we went for the 50th anniversary remember Versace made a Playboy shoe and they showed it to us yeah (laughs) 
And then um, then it has this driving through town, and we're talking about the cup of noodle in t- Times Square. I still love the cup of noodle sign. So they used to have this big sign in Times Square that was a giant cup of noodles. But what was cute about it was they blew steam out of the top. Yeah. It's so cute. It's really cute. And we go to Jekyll and Hyde's for dinner. And I loved this place. No, it's so cute. And I heard somebody it's like making fun of us for going there because it like wasn't posh. But I have to say, you guys, like we don't give a shit. No. Like we can fully enjoy the finer things in life if we find them interesting. But we also find things interesting that aren't super expensive or aren't A-list or aren't celebrity filled. And I have to say that was one of the things that you, Kendra, and I all had in common is we were also fine doing that stuff too and had fun doing that stuff and could pick out stuff we wanted to do that wasn't always like the most nose in the air type of thing like yeah there's episodes like where you see Kendra getting super excited to meet all the athletes and being starstruck over that and stuff like that but she wasn't like nose in the air like it always has to be the finest always has to be designer like none of us were like that but I the mean girls were like that and that was like the big difference and that was one of the reasons I feel like we could get along with Kendra a lot more than the mean girls is the mean girls were like rolling their eyes and sticking their nose up in the air if we ever did anything that wasn't like the coolest restaurant of the moment or the most expensive hotel suite or the most star-studded A-list event if it wasn't those things it could never be fun or interesting or even tolerable they were like just sneering and miserable. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I had way more fun going to Jekyll and Hyde's than I would at some like five-star restaurant. It was interesting. It's fun. And you know what else? Did you see the guy? They have these characters walking around, which I love the lady who's like, I want to audition for the Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have this guy who's like has swim goggles on or scuba goggles and he's in a shark and I'm like since this is a horror themed restaurant is that supposed to be a Jaws reference what is that I took a screenshot of it I'm gonna put it on the Patreon or Instagram because it's just fucking weird (laughs) and I have to say like I love having those people there as atmosphere but I'm one of those people who gets so awkward when people try to do like audience interaction oh. i hate it oh yeah oh, no yeah dread it depends on my mood sometimes i dread it too and i'm like i gotta leave i don't want to be a part of this <laughs> and other times i'm like oh i hope they pick me because i have funny things i'm gonna say or whatever um but i had to look up to see if if jekyll and hydes was still there and they filed for break- bankruptcy in march of 2022 which i'm sure a lot of restaurants did because obviously coming out of covid like that and probably shut down for a while and they officially closed in june of 2022 oh wow that's crazy did you watch the sex of the city reboot by any chance no oh because i was thinking of jekyll and hyde and how they had the guy dressed up like representing jaws and stuff and there's a scene in sex in the city the new reboot of it it's called and just like that and one of the characters is on the subway and it's the most random scene a person dressed up as Chucky, like fully in a Chucky mask, comes and like robs somebody in the subway. And it's so funny, but I just love Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. I know. I just thought of that because at Jekyll and I, they have the people walking around in like the horror outfits. Also on the topic of like press, because they cut back and forth. They kind of sandwich in press that we're doing at the Virgin Mega Store and press that we're doing in the hotel suite. And I wanted to say we're doing press in Hef's suite. He would get like a big suite wherever we went and it would have like a couple different rooms. It would have like a bedroom and then it would have a sitting room. So when he did press, the press could come up to him. Mm -hmm. And that's not uncommon in show business. 
like say if you went to like the Cannes Film Festival, people would be having meetings in their suites in their hotel room. And I just wanted to mention that because I know when people talk about like the Harvey Weinstein thing for some reason, they're like, well, why are those girls going up to his hotel suite? When in reality, like in show business, it's not uncommon for like press or meetings to happen in hotel suites. I think that should probably change (laughs) just because of what's been like coming to light of what's happening. But it makes me sad when I see people out there like I'm not going to name who the celebrity was, but there was a female celebrity out there recently kind of talking about the Harvey Weinstein thing. And I was like, well, why are those girls like going into the hotel room anyway? Like I know from stories I've heard that like it's not like that. And sometimes people are like, no, I'm not going to go meet him in the hotel room. But then he has an assistant who's very convincing, like, oh, no, it's not what you think. It's literally just a meeting. It's And next thing they know, they're in there and being pushed on the bed. And the person who recruited them like ghosted. Yeah, because you think it's safe as long as there's lots of people there. Like I was thinking about some of the press we did and they would come with a camera crew and people and like there's a whole crew that comes in and sets up it's not just one reporter like knocking on your door going hi is heffin here can i can yeah. i do an interview you know but it, you just never know like what's gonna go down in situations like that exactly in the show it shows us that we went to spam a lot on broadway after this which the reason we went to that show over any other show is because christy heff's daughter's husband was one of the producers do you know anything about Monty Python content? A little bit. I mean, I've seen some of the shows. I've watched the movies with Hef. Yeah. And I remember thinking parts of it were funny, but I I think it's just like an older man thing. Like, they really think Monty Python is the funniest shit ever. And I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Not like I don't get the jokes, but like I don't get why it's like so good. I'm like not on the wavelength. I respect you if you love the Monty Python. I respect the very successful Monty Python oeuvre, but it's not my wavelength. (laughs) I know. Same. Same. Like like some of the stuff is funny, but it's just not my thing. Yeah, totally. Um, But we did get the puppet, the bunny souvenir. Those puppets were so cute. Really cute. Right around this time in commentary, I see, I call Kevin Burns, the producer, K-Boo. And that was because Kendra started calling herself K-Dub. So then I started calling Kevin Mm K-Boo. And I think that's the first we hear of this nickname. (laughs) Fun fact. But after that, we were exhausted. Mm -hmm. So then it goes to the next day. And Mary is talking to Hef as he's having his breakfast. And she says, the girls are all dressed very nice for today. And Kendra is stressing about today. And Hef says, why? And Mary explains to the lady who did the pre-interview, which I talked about in the last episode, was pretty frank about a lot of things. I like how she says that. She's so tactful. She's like, you know, she was pretty frank about a lot of things. And he's like, oh. (laughs) And like, we all know exactly what she means. It was just so funny. And I have to say, too, I love scenes like this. And these scenes always happen when we're traveling. Because the only time usually that we see Mary and Hef together when she's not behind her desk is like travel scenes. And I always think these scenes are so cute. And they look like a cute couple. And they (laughs) should have been the couple. They should have. We could have been the kids. Yeah. (laughs) Hef says, oh, because she was very nice to me. I wanted to throw my hands up when I saw when I Me heard too. that because it's like fuck you of course she was like you're the one who gets all the respect because you're the businessman but we get dragged and another reason I want to point out that we got dragged is the way it works in Hollywood doing press reporters often tend to play ball because usually the person they're interviewing is represented by a PR firm that also represents a lot of other celebrities so like for example if 
somebody was interviewing Tom Cruise, they won't ask him about Scientology because let's pretend his press agent also represents Beyonce and they want to interview Beyonce. Not that Beyonce ever does press. I just made the worst example ever. But but, but you, you know get what, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, you get what I'm saying. But we did not have a press agent. Playboy handle our press. We weren't allowed to have our own press agents, our own lawyers, our own agents, our own managers, nothing. So nobody has to play ball with us. They're like, fuck these sluts. Let's make them look stupid mm-hmm. because it's never going to come back to haunt them. And whoever's representing us doesn't hold any other cards. Yeah. So, of course, they were nice to him. But they were. I remember they weren't very nice to me on the phone. And they obviously weren't very nice to Kendra on the phone. Yeah. And so we had legitimate reason to be worried. And Mary says, Kendra says she doesn't want to talk about sex on TV. And Hef says, well, no, we don't have to. Which is nice in theory, but that's really never how it worked when we were being interviewed individually or just us girls. And we we're, were about, hounded. We're about to go on live TV. Yeah. How he can't control what they're going to ask. Mm-hmm. And you're on live TV, so you have to have some answer. Yeah. And the topic of the view for that day was sex. And it says that in the itineraries that we were given like a day before we left for New York. So, and we just don't have. A choice, really. And I know that's like a loaded phrase to say we don't have a choice because, of course, technically we could have walked out of there. We could have chosen not to do the view. Physically, we have a choice, but it's a loaded choice. If any one of us would have mutinied and said, I'm not doing the view, Hef would have been like, okay, this bitch is out on the street. It's a loaded decision because you have to play along or you're giving up your whole life at the moment. You'd have to be like, okay, do I have enough money saved up? Do I have somewhere to go? I'm going to have to be like emotionally and mentally prepared to go out into the world with everybody knowing me as like that slut that was dating Hugh Hefner. It's a loaded decision. So like, okay, technically we have a choice, but we kind of don't really have a choice. Yeah. Hef would have never been like, oh, you're not comfortable doing this one. Well, you can sit it out. Yeah. Oh, you're not comfortable. I'll just go on by myself. Never. I'll take it like a man. Nope. Never. So, and they're showing Kendra getting her makeup done. And she says, I'm excited to go to The View, but they're haters. I like when they turn her eyes green in the interview. (laughs) Yeah. But then she says she's never seen it and never heard of it, but she knows they're haters. And she's basing that all on that pre-interview. Yeah. Um, And she's talking to the makeup artist and she says that she's going to be like Kanye West. That didn't age well. (laughs) No. And she says she's nervous about her reactions to, she's nervous about her reactions to their questions. Oh, interesting. Which, yeah, I think is interesting, too. And she says if she sees them in the green room, she's going to be like, yo, come over here. Which is obviously like, I don't know if she's being facetious to the makeup artist or just talking tough or trying to be funny or whatever, but obviously that would never happen for so many reasons. And the makeup artist is like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. That's so funny. And then they cut back to Hef and you're sitting there with him now. And he asks you if the woman from The View pre-interview asked questions that you thought were curious or out of line. So this scene is another reason I hate this episode and would love to delete it from existence is because when I watched it back I feel like I come off as like such a narky pick me person in this scene and I feel like I don't come off as aligned with you guys like he's saying oh Bridget and Kendra are really concerned like oh I'm not yeah and that's not really how I meant it first of all I'm so fucking tired this day and I look so blank I remind myself of like if you've ever seen gentlemen prefer blondes with Marilyn Monroe she plays this kind of like blank faced character I'm just so like "Mm." and also I feel like for whatever reason 
the view pre-interview scared you and Kendra more than me. I feel like for me, I'm just like, okay, doing press fucking sucks, but I have to do it. So I'm going to dissociate. And I know the view gets a bad rap for being like our worst press experience because it was featured on the show and it wasn't good. And we're going to get into why. But for me, that doesn't even register in my top 10 of worst interviews. Really? Yeah. I just felt like I'd been through the fucking ringer. Not that you guys hadn't, because I know that like you did a lot of radio tours too. But if I had to make a list of like top 10 worst interviews I did during my Playboy years, Billy Bush would be on there for sure. And we did multiple interviews with him. But the other ones would come from radio tours. Yeah. Because for those of you listening that don't know what a radio tour is, you would get up because, you know, we would typically do these when we were at home on the West Coast and you had to do them for East Coast morning radio. So you would be up at three in the morning. Mm sitting in the vanity hoping I don't wake half and they would call you and you would be connected to the switchboard that would patch you into different morning show radio interviews all across the country for the course of like you'd be doing these interviews for like three or four hours like every 15 minutes it would be a different radio station where you were doing a different interview with a new host trying to promote your thing But doing it as one of Hugh Hefner's three girlfriends was torture because you got the worst, most sexual, rudest questions. Because back then, every morning radio show host was like trying to be Howard Stern, but they weren't as good at interviewing as him. So it's like you would get on there and it was misery every time. But I never felt like I could say no to it. In fact, I don't think I felt confident enough to say no to radio interviews. I started like weaseling out of doing them during maybe like my last year living at the mansion because I was working at the studio. So I had to be up early, like at the studio, not still doing a radio tour so I could kind of get out of it. But even after I moved out of the mansion for season one of Holly's World, I was still doing radio tours. So I didn't get the confidence to feel like I could say no to doing radio tours until season two of Holly's World. So for me, I was like, oh, the view's going to suck. But I don't think I was as worried about it as you and Kendra were. See, for me, um, I have a couple things to add to that. For me, those radio tours were quicker. They were they were live and only in the moment and nobody's probably recording them for the most part. And like only if you live in that market, you heard that interview and then it's said and done. The view on the other hand is a live television show broadcasted out across like it's probably even international. I don't know, but it's across the entire United States. Yeah. And like, it's a big deal with a lot of viewers where somebody's podunk radio show out of, you know, the Midwest somewhere there's Mm -hmm. you know just not that many people listening to it so I didn't care as much and also I was told that you and Kendra didn't want to do the radio interview so I was always being told that I needed to do them that must have been by the time I started working at the studio because like the PR people would tell me well Holly doesn't want to wake half and like whatever reasons Mm -hmm. and, and doesn't like doing them and Kendra you know she's you're just better at them can you do them and I would get all these radio tours I just remember every time there was a new radio tour they would like call and beg me please please will you do it no one wants to do it I'm like yeah I know no one wants to do it yeah it's awful also I don't think they would have wanted Kendra to do a radio tour I don't think it would have gone well. Yeah, I don't think she was ever... Like, I think they were confident with us doing press, but I don't think they felt like Kendra could handle it. And I remember when Kendra moved in, I think we suggested to somebody that she should do the Playmate media training. Because anytime a woman becomes a Playmate, they would have to do 
playmate orientation and media training. You and I never did that, but we were already giving tours at the mansion. We knew all the facts. We could handle ourselves. And I think, and I don't know if Kendra ever did it, but I think we suggested to Mary, like, Kendra should do this because we didn't think she would be well-equipped to handle it. And that's not an age thing. That's just... An experience thing. Yeah. I do... um, I do feel like that's true that they probably didn't want her doing the press. It's also not fair, though, that... Yeah, that that's true, because then we're stuck with the burden of it, and it's really uncomfortable. I also think one of the reasons that I wasn't as scared of The View as you guys were is I f- always felt so much safer in a group situation rather than being grilled by myself, especially, I think, as the main girlfriend, because over the years, like people would do it to Tina before me, and... I know people did it to me too. Like anytime like a girl goes out and talks about sex at the mansion, they always want to make themselves sound more virginal. Like there've been certain like mean girls who act like they only had sex with Hef twice when we all know that's bullshit. And they try to like blame it all on the main girlfriend and say the main girlfriend's the only one who has sex or whatever. So I felt like I always got like extra sex questions. And then if I'm by myself, I'm just like getting fucking grilled. So I think I felt like for the view, I'm like, oh, it can kind of zone out and dissociate for this a little bit because it's all of us yeah well I do talk about the group dynamic in here in a little bit so I'll get to that but I I do agree that there's something there was something sort of special about the all of us together and going through it together and I feel like it was very bonding it was kind of trauma bonding Mm -hmm. but it was bonding and I I feel like it had a, a good impact on us a negative thing made a good impact on us if that makes any sense and I'll get more in more into it in a little bit but back to you sitting with Hef having breakfast and you say he asked you if you thought that there were curious or out of line questions being asked and you say no but my first question here is are you acting here because you have to know the stress that Kendra and I are feeling about doing this interview but you seem like you're it's the first you're hearing about it in Um, here I don't well first of all I don't remember anything about the view pre-interview like I'm sure it probably was rough but I felt like most interviews were rough and I feel like like I don't remember I'm sure I was aware of you guys being stressed but I just felt like any press we did was really stressful and I know that there's just nothing I can do about it like we have to suck it up we have to do it I'm not gonna like like what am I gonna say to Hef I feel like I remember, and I could be getting this confused with something else, but I feel like I remember that you saying that they didn't ask you all those same questions that they asked Kendra and I. It's completely possible because there is a vast difference in how we are reacting to the prospect of The View back then and how we remember The View now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's possible. Like maybe they talked to me first and thought, oh, that's fucking bland. Let's see where we can go when we talk. I think so. I think so, totally, because, I mean, you say it's not even one of your worst interviews, but I feel like they, they, and we'll get more into this in a little bit, but they went out of their way to set us up to make us look like idiots in this interview. Oh, no, I do remember that, and that I don't like. And I just feel like, how can that not be on the top of, you know, when people go out of their way to make you look stupid? I think I'm just more wounded by, like, the sexual stuff and how everybody tries to, like, slut shame and drag and, like, won't, they won't let you off the hook even after you answer a question. Like, I think it's so dumb, like, the chair thing that we're going to get to, but also I'm like, okay, fuck you, that was stupid. Like, it's not as personally wounding to me as when somebody's trying to like drag me sexually you know what I mean yeah I get that but I do think it's a major insult when people are trying to make you look stupid 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And literally go on camera and call you bimbos. And then they don't even give us permission to use the footage in the show. Right, because they know they're assholes. Yeah, I get there was, I say it in the commentary, I forgot all about it, but in the commentary I say that we watched a rough cut that did include footage from The View, and I said it was really good, but then The View wouldn't allow us to use the footage. But if you want to tune into our Patreon, we're going to do a live react to The View footage that you can't find anywhere on the internet. It'll all be in the context of fair use, so tune in. Yes. So you say the other girls are nervous about it, but you say that you weren't nervous because our schedules are so packed and you didn't have time to be nervous about one particular thing. And then you say that Bridget and Kendra told the lady they didn't want to talk about sex and the lady was not thrilled about that. So then it's me in the hot seat with the, not hot seat, but the makeup artist seat. And he asked, and obviously he's being asked to ask me this if I'm nervous and I say in voiceover I'm really nervous to do the view I hope the ladies are cool and love us to death but it could be the opposite and they could be really cynical it's the opposite (laughs) yeah and I tell the makeup artist that I'm worried that they're going to ask us a lot of personal sex sexual questions I say that it's not that I'm afraid to talk about that kind of stuff but I feel like it's inappropriate this is where I wanted to get into the part where it's just not universal. And in in this scene, I use Katie Holmes because I think she was really yeah. popular at that time. Um, and she was married to Tom Cruise at the time. But if she were on the show, they're not going to ask her about her sex life and intimate details of her and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ask her about it. Or And she's just an example. Anybody. They're not going to sit there and ask them intense questions and not let them off the hook about their sex life. So why is it okay for us? I know it sucks. And I do feel like there were a few other people that the press treated really shitty in that timeline, but we weren't really aware of it. Like it didn't feel like we had any peers in our situation, really. Yeah. Like I know I've seen interviews where people ask Paris Hilton really fucking crazy shit or people ask Britney Spears shit that is just completely unfair and they would questions they would never ask like her male contemporary. Yeah. But at the time when we're experiencing this, you know, we're not seeing all those interviews. We weren't back then. We weren't living in like the social media Internet age where we see all these clips all the time. And we didn't really feel like we had a kinship with anyone. We felt like we were the only people this was happening to. Mm -hmm. And I'm not naive. Like, I know that if we went on a show like Howard Stern or we're doing the radio show interviews or whatever, that that's what they do. They ask and they ask everybody about that stuff. And so that's different. Mm -hmm. When you go on Howard Stern, you know, he's asking everyone that comes on there about their sex life because that's what his stick is like that's what he does but like not the view not the view yeah and I always you know I always say like we don't really have a choice what press we get to do and stuff but with something more extreme like Howard Stern I would have felt comfortable saying to have oh not Howard Stern like that's gonna be and I feel like he would have been sympathetic with that but as far as this stuff where you don't think you're gonna be asked really crazy shit like Hef expects you to fucking do it right so we head out to the limo out of the hotel and it's raining and I just feel like that's a premonition of the storm that's brewing I know and we have security holding umbrellas for us which is funny (laughs) yeah when we get in the limo and Hef tells Kendra if they ask you something just do your usual laugh and then they insert her 
fake laugh in there. But but you can see her mouth is closed. It's just yeah. like a sound effect. And even Kendra says it in commentary. That was a fake laugh. I didn't laugh there. Yeah. And this scene made an impression on me because the way it's shot, you see like the side of Kendra's face, but the camera's straight onto you. And I can see the look you're giving Kendra and I can see how stressed you two are and how you're just sending her this telepathic look like we're in this together. Like, don't freak out. Like, we're going to get through this. Like, I know this fucking sucks. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, I'm he- right here with you. Like, we're all going to go through this together and we're going to get through it. Like, we just have to, like, hold it together. Like, it was like, I felt like I wanted to cry. Yeah. Like, I really felt like I was walking into like, I, I mean, I just knew that I was walking into something really bad and there was nothing I could do about it. I feel bad for um both of you guys in this situation, but it is one time where I feel like I do feel for Kendra in this episode because I just feel like on so many levels, she's just out of her league in it Mm -hmm. and it's just and oh I hate I hate there's something that comes up in the Chicago episode that makes me so angry like I feel so like angry and protective of her in this scene that we're going to talk about in the Chicago episode it's just like crazy Ooh, I haven't watched Chicago yet so I don't know what it is but I'm anxious to see now um Hef tells Kendra that Barbara Walters is very much a part of the show and may even be a co-producer I don't know if that was supposed to make us feel better I know <laughs> but it didn't and then Kendra said who's that and Hef says who's Barbara Walters <laughs> like he's so, in absolute disbelief I kind of was at the time too I was like what <laughs> me too I was like is she joking I know and then um you try to explain like who she is a little bit and then Hef just bursts out she's a newscaster <laughs> That's all you need to know. (laughs) But I was super excited. The one thing I was excited about was to meet Barbara Walters because I'm a communications major and I'm doing broadcast journalism classes. And who's like the most famous female newscaster out Uh there is Barbara Walters. Like she's like an icon. And I was so excited to meet her. I was nervous to meet her, stressing about doing her show, but like really excited to meet her. And that doesn't go well either. Oh, no. So again, I'm talking about in in voiceover how nervous I am to do the view and I don't really know what I expected. And we're sitting in the green room and I'm talking, you know, I'm so excited to meet Barbara Walters and she walks in the room and I jump up and I say, oh my God, hi, it's so nice to meet you. And she looks at me and with a deadpan face and she says, and I'm in her green room yeah. with with all with Hef yeah. and everything. And she looks at me deadpan and goes, and you are? I'm like, I mean, I guess Way I should have said. to make you feel said, comfortable before the interview. I mean, looking back on it, I should have said, oh, I'm Bridget. Because maybe she meant it like, and you are? Like, there's three of you. How yeah. am I supposed to know which one's which? But I'm your guest and I'm in your green room and you should know who your guests are. Yeah. So, so that really, like, I just, it just bursted the only bubble that I had oh, going no. into it. And then I was just like, this sucks. So I know we haven't watched the actual view footage in years. And without watching it, what do you remember from our actual interview? I remember that we're supposed to go on to do an interview. And last second, they're like, hey, we have this idea to do this skit. Will you guys do this skit? Do you remember the skit? Do you mean the chair thing? No. Hef laying on a couch, an alarm clock going off, and us running out there and going, Hef, Hef, get up. We got to do the view. Did we do it? Yeah, we did it. See, that's how far dissociated I am. Y'all know I have a good fucking memory. I don't remember that at all. I was on planet Xenon. My body might have been there, but I was on planet Xenon. <laughs> so we pre-recorded that before the show started, and they wanted that to be the like intro. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they used it or not. I can't even remember. I don't even know if I've ever watched the view footage. I don't think I have. Because I'm that I'm that upset about it. And and then I remember them pulling out they had chairs for us uh-huh. and then they were like, "Oh, wait a minute." wait and then they brought over just like one big chair and they're like okay you sit here like on the Mm -hmm. edge of the chair and you sit over here on this other edge of the chair and then whoever sits here on the chair and then somebody else sits on the footstool of the chair yeah half in the middle and we're like all perched around him yeah and then they have the audacity to go is this how you always sit you all share one chair that was so fucking stupid and it reminds me of like the clip of dakota johnson on the ellen show when ellen is like you never invite me to your parties dakota and dakota goes that's not true ellen like she calls her out for, and I wish, like we would have never felt like we had the power to do it and they probably would have, I mean, I know it's live TV, but they probably would have tried to do a quick go cut away if we did try to upend the boat that way. But I wish we would have said, you told us to sit here. Right. And then I remember them saying something about, and you all have fake silicone breasts or something like that. And I'm thinking, what? I'm natural. And I don't remember if I said it or not. And it's like, not that I have anything against anybody, but don't put me in a box that you think everybody here has fake silicone boobs. Like, I do not. Yeah. Thank you very much. I do not. And then then they all acted like we were uneducated. And then I had to say, I, I, I don't even know if I said it or how, what, but something about us being uneducated. And I said something about having a master's degree or somebody said well she has a master's degree and they acted like they didn't believe it this is just my memory yeah. of it I don't know how true all of this is until we rewatch it and then I know that the next day they they were like calling us bimbos and and that kind of stuff which is absolutely uncalled for no matter what it was so stressful it's so stressful to go on a show that you already know like kind of hates you like they're already like being snippy and rude and then you know just not even positive toward their guests I remember I felt like Meredith was the nicest yeah well I thought Joy was funny Mm -hmm. I don't remember like exactly what was said but I remember laughing at something she was saying but you're (laughs) but you're right about um Meredith she was like really sweet Mm -hmm. I was so relieved it was over and I I just remember that barely speaking during the interview I feel like I just nodding and smiling and then just being like shocked at some of the things they said like the the sitting in the chair uh, accusing me of having fake boobs accusing us all of being unintelligent Mm -hmm. and uneducated Um, and I just remember feeling just like in shock and disbelief and sitting there and having to let them do this to us on live TV. Like, I, I feel like I wish I would have just gotten up and walked out in the middle of their live interview. Been like, fuck this. funny. And got up and walked out. Yeah. Now, that's what I would have done. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm like, Bridget, get up, tell them fuck off and walk out. Yeah. That's what I tell myself now. I don't remember a lot from the interview because I was just dissociating. What if we watch it and we don't think it's that bad now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Kendra said she thought she was going to faint. And then when I get home, I mean, just more proof that it had to have been bad is because when I get home, I had a ton of emails and messages from fans and friends and family about saying how they did us so dirty on that show. So we're not just like being weird. Yeah. Yeah, they were totally mean and unfair to us. So I just, you know, have nothing nice to say. And I don't think I've seen the footage. I don't think I've ever watched it. Well, we're about to. I'm nervous, actually. Yeah. Like, when you just said that, like, my stomach, like, dropped. And, like, I felt, like, a little nauseous yeah. to watch it. 
So I was just going to say a little bit more about this view situation. Mm-hmm. Like um, they're like, do you guys all do you guys always sit like this? Referring to us all being in the same chair that they made us all sit in. And Hef jokes and he, he says, we like to be near one another. And I just think that even he didn't feel comfortable like calling him out on it. Like it wasn't done. I mean, for Dakota Johnson to call out Ellen in that clip I referenced, like that, like the reason that clip circulates is because that's wild. Yeah. Like people don't usually do it, they play along. And then they're asking us about all this stuff, obviously, probably sex stuff and stuff. And Hef even says, I can't believe we're talking about this stuff so early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And because he's referring to sex stuff that they're asking, this is a morning show where people, it might be on. In your family's home where your kids are getting ready for school and like yeah like it's just so inappropriate in every way and when they're asking about our boobs and stuff Kendra said they need boob jobs and they need <laughs> help so they need reality checks <laughs> <laughs> and she said they're trying to act like they're being nice but they weren't that's and true it's that's totally that's true. 100% truth yeah, and I say that they, I feel like they wouldn't even allow me to speak, that they had an agenda and it was all about getting across what they wanted. Yeah. And they didn't need us there to say what they wanted to say. They they were just completely unfair to us. We were just there for them to make fun of. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Kendra says, after this, she's going to be fine with all interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and that she hates The View and they're just haters. Yeah, like I said, the next day they went on and called us bimbos, so that's cute and mature of them. Cute. Then we arrive at a party. Yeah, we are at a cocktail reception at a place called Frederick's. It's celebrating our issue. Hef's daughter Christy is there. Did you notice there's a shot of like a stairway? Oh my God, I have it in my notes. (laughs) And there's this old man, and I'm not trying to make fun of him and his, like I don't want to make fun of this poor guy, but just the angle of this shot and the way the guy is coming up the stairs, he is clinging to the hand rail it looks like the titanic is going down you thought the titanic too 100 percent. it looks like the titanic is sinking and this poor old man is trying to like climb the stair rail to get out of a sinking ship what was that i don't know it was so weird it was so weird and i'm thinking who is frederick by the way and (laughs) is that frederick like why was he is now oh my god but this party was amazing you guys and for all of you who love playboy merch because i know there's a lot of you out there that still love 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 the merch i even still like it this would have been your dream everything (laughs) everything was playboy themed from the balloons to the lamps to the rugs on the floor i mean Everything, everything you looked at was either Playboy themed or Holly Bridget Kendra themed. Yeah, it was everything. so cute. Like I wanted everything. I'm like, oh, I, let me rip out this carpet because I need to take this with me or this rug or like, like I wanted everything in there. It was so cute. And there were playmates working the party. Courtney was there. I think Pilar too. Mm-hmm. And there was a playmate in a cyber girl, not in bunny costume. They were in like little nighties. And I kind of felt bad for them because it shows footage of them like dancing. And it's like so awkward when you're like kind of like paid to party like did you ever like back in the day when they paid for all the nightclub um appearances did you ever go there and feel kind of weird like you're in this area and you're supposed to be like dancing and having fun and you're kind of on display it's so weird yeah that's how I felt watching the girls kind of dance I'm like you know the camera people are like can you just like dance a little and they're like hey. <laughs> 
all eyes on you. Yeah. And Christy Hefner is there to greet Hef, and she gave a really sweet speech. I mean, I know I was emotional. I know Hef got emotional. Well, it was so nice. And even now rewatching this, like I'm so thankful to her for giving such a nice speech. And she actually acknowledged that at least partially the reason for the show's success was because of the three of us and our personalities. And I can't tell you how much that meant to me then and now because no one else would give us any credit. Not at all. Like everybody else, you know, from Hef and the producers, they were just like, okay, you guys are replaceable. Fuck you. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I say that in here. And she also says, you guys are a part of the Playboy family. And... I can't tell you. It just gives me a chill even now just r- listening to her say that because I had wanted that for so long. Should we talk about like the dynamic of like the quote unquote Playboy family? Y- yeah. Well, there was kind of this, you know, social life at the mansion, obviously, and with people that worked there, and it was very welcoming, and even amongst quite a few of the ex-girlfriends, you know, everybody's like welcome back to events and stuff with yeah. open arms. I felt like I kind of, was after I left and kind of wasn't I was up until Mary died and after that it all went to shit yeah it's weird but I had wanted so long to be a part to have that said that you're a part of the Playboy family and even though like obviously I was a part of the Playboy family Mm -hmm. it always felt like I always felt like we were not good enough because we were made to feel that way by half like you're not good enough to be playmates not good enough to be in the magazine you're not uh like there was just so many things yeah and then for her to say that I just felt like oh my god we're part of it and I mean the party they threw was really really incredible even Kendra said she almost wanted to cry it made her feel really good Mm -hmm. but you guys this happened every time we don't get to sit around and bask in it and enjoy (laughs) it and celebrate our cover which is what we're there to do because we are whisked away so quickly Mm -hmm. like after all the pleasantries are done it's like let's go i mean it's so quick and we are boarding a flight and heading to chicago yeah, it is just crazy. And I know we were tired, so maybe, you know, it was for the better. I, I know in, in the episode I say, I hear my pajamas calling my name. And Kendra says all she wants is a pillow when we get back on the plane. They ask Kendra, how was her first trip in New York? And she says, it was awesome. I give it an A+. I wouldn't change anything about it. Which I think really? is just her saying something nice or them asking her to say it. And it's circling back around to me saying, you can't hold us 100% accountable for anything we say in those interview chairs because we're just saying what they tell us to say or whatever. Because I think any of us would have changed some things about that trip. I Absolutely. Mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I could start with like have the press be a little bit nicer. We could actually stay the night and enjoy the hotel. Lunch. never lunch you guys we never ever had a lunch schedule because Hef didn't eat lunch because he got up so late that he just had a late breakfast and we were out sightseeing so we come back and then it's work press and events and meeting meet and greets and all kinds of stuff there was never ever lunch so we were always starving starving 
And speaking of pajamas, in the commentary, because you're wearing these cute white flannel pajamas that have like little pink and red Playboy bunnies on them and blue piping. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in commentary, I was like, you're clown pajamas. And then I remembered for some reason I called those clown pajamas. Yeah. I have no idea why. I think maybe like the color scheme and like the polka dottiness kind of reminded me of clown. But I have to believe in person they looked clownier than on the DVD. They were very bright. They, they weren't like a typical look- Playboy thing because they were one of the samples that I pulled out of the box. Oh, yeah. And I really liked them and I thought they were cute. Like when I say something's clown, I kind of have a thing for clowns. So it's like a low key compliment. But clown pajamas. <laughs> I didn't take I've offense. Completely forgotten about that. And then they asked how I felt about it. And I say it was rushed and there are so many more things I wanted to do. It was an honor to sign that magazine. I was so happy sometimes I would just kiss the magazine. And I did. I do like that they got like a nice. OTF on the fly interview with you guys in the plane. That was a very next. It was a very real feeling confessional moment. Yes. For you guys that don't know what she's talking about, like at the very, very end, it's Kendra and I in the airplane bed together. Not in that way. And we're just doing an interview. We look totally tired and just spent. But we're like doing just a very casual, what they call on the fly interview. And I just feel like it's such proof that we were getting along yeah. And I feel like trips like this were typically usually very bonding. Mm-hmm. And going through, like I was saying earlier, that that trauma with the press and stuff also was very bonding. Like I felt really tight. Like I felt like the four of us together, even just the three of us together, but the four of us together were a strong unit. And yeah. that we could make the most out of everything and um, that we would, we would get through stuff, you know, mm-hmm. even when it was really hard. Or if we had like a really bad press thing like The View, we were going to like still put on a happy face the next day and go to Chicago and have a great time. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like that was going to, even though how many years later and I'm still completely upset over it, I feel like we didn't allow it to like ruin our trip. Yeah, we're ready to go explore Chicago and make no mistake that plane's going to land and we're going to go to the hotel and we're going to change and maybe get two hours, maybe get two hours of sleep, change and start our whatever we We, do. We might even uh, just change on the plane and (laughs) get going. But yeah, I think they should have done more interviews like that with Kendra and I together or like you and I together or like, you know, just kind of like very. Oh my God, it would have made the show so much better, I think. Mm -hmm. Instead of those formal, like I'm sitting in a chair with a dressed background and Mm -hmm. answering all your questions. Like I feel like on the fly like that was really cool. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. Circling back to the Titanic, my six-year-old son recently asked me if I was on the Titanic. (gasps) Oh no! So apparently I'm ancient. (laughs) Holly, I knew you were old, but that old? (laughs) I know, right? So best and worst. Oh God. (laughs) Should I go first? Do you have time to think? Yeah. Worst for me... I think is if I could go back and change something about this episode, I would be more in solidarity with you and Kendra and not be like a narky girl who's like, they didn't ask me anything weird. I think it'll be fine. Because I'm rewatching that and I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? And I know that's not where I was coming from. I was just kind of like zoning out like, oh, we have to do this stupid shit. And like you said, I probably didn't get as harsh of a pre-interview as you guys did. But watching it back, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So that's my worst. 
My best is Christy's nice speech for us. Yeah. Um, my worst is The View. I mean, there's just no other way around it. It's horrifying what I remember of it. Hopefully I'll watch it and maybe it wasn't so bad and maybe I'll take some of these words back. But what I remember of it is absolutely horrifying. I think what they did to us is unconscionable. I think that they should be sending us apology letters to this day. So yeah, I think it's the absolute worst thing that could have happened. I wonder why The View, because everybody keeps leaving comments and like the Instagram and on the Patreon and stuff, they're like, we can't find The View anywhere. Why can't we find it? And is every other episode of The View available? Like, is it not up because they don't like the episode or is it not up because just The View in general isn't available? I have no idea. I've never tried to look for it. I just happen to have the DVD though. (laughs) Yeah, so we are going to find out. So we will see you guys next week. We are going to Chicago. And if you want more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Also, guys, be sure to get tickets to our live podcast with Moment. We are doing that on June 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And you can get your tickets at moment.co slash girlsnextlevel. It's going to be a lot of fun.